Hello, my oblong boxers. This is your square banana hammock host, Matthew Sanborn Smith, and his thong angle podcast, Be Where the Hairy Mango. I just ate so much, my belly button popped out like a butterball thermometer. I hope that's my belly button. I can't really bend my neck that far to confirm it. Today's story is all about recharging your batteries. Thousands of science fairs have proven to the world that potatoes and lemons can make electricity. You should try all the other foods, too, just in case. When you're down to the dairy products and you've run out of everything else, or just run out of the letter A, you should try charging your batteries. Batteries by Matthew Sanborn Smith. Probably the greatest advance in peanut butter technology since the George Washington Carver was the revolution in portability that was the peanut butter battery. With this wondrous technology, a child could hold the equivalent of ten large jars of the stuff right in his or her pocket. Once that kid got wherever the hell he or she was going, it was a simple matter to pop the battery into the nearest jellied bread supply and bang, instant lunch. When lunch was finished, the batteries could be wiped off and pocketed for further culinary adventures. For some unknown reason, peanut butter was the only food that could be battery Lord knows everything else was tried. The closest anybody came to a breakthrough was the invention of the celery engine, which admittedly has saved many lives in storm-stricken areas where Bloody Marys are a necessity. There have been cases of toddlers sticking the metal objects they always seem to be carrying with them into peanut butter outlets, and the outcome is usually the same sad tale. In a flash, the child's body is filled with peanut butter. There follows a brutal licking by the household pets before the poor victim is rushed to the hospital sandwiched between two enormous crackers. Peanut butter cute survivors are not uncommon, though their lives are often a shadow of what they might have been. The subjects can no longer be employed in fields that require non-sticky hands and growing numbers of people go into anaphylactic shock simply by smelling them. Perhaps the most famous tale of peanut butter-related woe occurred in the year 1927 when the USS Borborygmi ran aground on an uncharted South Pacific island known in legend as Bill's Place. A cadre of now-extinct land porpoises broke into the ship's holds and devoured the Borborygmi's entire store of peanut butter batteries. When their stomach acids finally ate through the protective casing, hours later they exploded with such force it is said the skies across Polynesia were brown for three days and several minutes into day four. And that's why land porpoises are now extinct. The sailors were distraught and updated their last wills and testaments. Their ship was useless, the peanut butter was gone, and the celery engine hadn't yet been invented. The resourceful captain, however, had his men set to work constructing a rod from the scraps of their ship that would stretch above the treetops. The men thought they were working on a radio antenna, but when the next storm blew in, they realized what the captain had been planning all along. During the raging storm, a mighty boom was heard that shook the island as if it were under earthquake attack. When the storm finally passed, the surviving sailors wandered onto the beach to discover that their supposed radio antenna had harnessed the power of peanut butter lightning itself. The massive quantity of peanut butter coupled with the heat release during impact had created what amounted to a gigantic raft made of peanut butter fudge. The jubilant crew set off for the mainland, but the shores of northern New England would never be theirs. For although enough food had been saved and enough of the crew had died that the remainder would never starve, their raft proved to be irresistible, and somewhere in the unforgiving expanse of the Pacific, they fudged their way into a watery grave. Except for the captain, who, as I said, was a resourceful man. He had covered a large chunk of peanut butter with a shiny candy coating, and so hid his life preserver from his butter-mad crew. Floating out there for weeks on a piece of something that probably shouldn't float at all, the captain dreamed of his eventual rescue and the candy he'd been inspired to create. He'd named them after himself, Gary Skittle. And thus the peanut butter Skittle was born. He couldn't wait to shove his unpatentable creation right into the face of his greatest rival, Captain Reese, and make him eat a piece. 
If this story spread your creaminess, you can go nuts with it and other chunky wonders at the one great taste that tastes awful together, BewareTheHairyMango.com. I love talking about peanut butter because nut butter sounds dirty, and then of course there's pee. When you put the two together, you're peeing nut butter, and that's half of how babies are made. I'm learning all this so I can teach health classes at the local junior high. I'm not telling you which one, you'll pull your kids out. Gurgle ecstatically in the comments for this post, or temp email me and we'll explore the twilight Arizona at Matthew at BewareTheHairyMango.com, or rise like our lost library books, Late Phoenix at Beware the hairy mango at gmail.com. Late Saturday afternoons, the SF and SF signal stands for sudden freakout, which John DiNardo experiences every time he realizes he's still at work when there's a Holmes and Yo-Yo marathon on TV. Last time he was so distraught, he inserted a pocket calculator into his chest and kept going on and on about the Bunko Squad. Tweet all your meatballs that all the finest food spheres follow me at twitter.com slash upwithgravity, where we grind them from 100% USDA-approved North Star CITs. Surprise me with a big fat donation using the donate button on the homepage. If I'm being straight with you, a little skinny donation would be just as surprising. Or even an attaboy. Damn it, I said I wouldn't cry. This podcast jelly rolls Mortonly across the country from a speeding dining car where it jazzes up continental breakfasts everywhere until the cleaning crew announces that it's ragtime and you have to stay here, but you can't go home unless you're planning to coyly slip them a folded Creative Commons attribution non-commercial share like 4.0 on ported license. Until Uncle Fester is caught masturbating with Thing, this will phase in and out of the concept of Matthew Sanborn Smith, reminding you, he who hesitates... I can't even finish that sentence now. Good night.